Our friend, Daniel Nugent-Bowman from The Athletic. How are you, sir? I'm well, Alan. How are you doing today? I am very well. We're having your, you are dropping yourself into an Evan Bouchard conversation. So he's at 56 games right now, 56 points. And he's a year away, I believe, from his next contract. What will be his AAV, in your opinion, in his next deal? Um, depends. Honestly, it depends on term. Right. Um, but I would like you know I spent some time with him in the, in the summer, and I strongly believe like he wants to be here. You know, he did not want to entertain um, uh, offer sheets at all, and he feels like there's a really good chance to win here. And obviously, he's a big part of that. So. I would suspect, and this is purely a guess, just based on that, that he would want to find long-term, uh, whether or not there's something available for him. You know, it's kind of hard to tell. And, of course, we, we do believe that there will be a shift um, in the uh, in the management of this team. Um, but we do know that one guy who uh, is, you know, at the very top of that is um, not his agent, but somebody who worked in the same agency and certainly uh, knew the player and, and, and the file very well, and that's Jeff Jackson. So, um, I, I think he will sign long-term if, if there's the fits there. Um, and I, I think you're kind of looking around that 8 million mark, right? Like eight, eight um, times eight. Yeah. Like in that, in that ballpark, right? Like, you know, you gotta go, um, he's a little, he's around the same age as, uh, Kale McCarr. He, he, I, I'm kind of blanking on that. Um, and the, the contracts, you know, he'll be signing a little bit closer to free agency, uh, unrestricted free agency, I should say. Um, clearly, Kale McCarr is, is the best defenseman or, you know, the top three in the world. I don't think Evan Bouchard's quite at that level. Um, and and Bouch- uh, I think uh, McCarr is just under, or just over nine. So I think you're kind of looking at eight in that, in that eight million range, right? Like this is an elite offensive defenseman. Um, somebody who's driving play. I mean, there are those gaps defensively. We saw one last night. Um, but I think his defensive game overall has gotten better. And uh, certainly there's a lot more room for that player to grow. Like, this is somebody who should be – I don't know if he'll ever win a Norris Trophy. It's a tough trophy to win, but he should start being in the conversation. And um, and, and those types of players get their money. And, and that's kind of, I think, where you're kind of looking at with, with Evan Bouchard coming up here. Do you think – I've always maintained that once he signs long-term, if he does sign long-term here, that the Darnell Nurse contract – Having those two players at that level, uh, because you know Nurse's AAV is also very high, nine two five, and there's, uh, he has no movement until I think June of twenty twenty seven, if I recall correctly. Uh, so, I know the cap is going up. I know that, but it, do you think at some point in time it might be an either or between Bouchard and Nurse? It's hard to say. Um, you know, toward the end of that deal, you know, the way that the Oilers are kind of trending, you know, they're, they're getting older. The, um, the cupboard's pretty bare in terms of prospects. They talk, we're talking, obviously, about the team trading. If we're not talking about today, we have talked about a lot, uh, the, the prospects of the team trading the first-round pick again. Um, and they've essentially done that for two straight years in, in the sense that they traded uh, Reed Schaefer as part of last year's trade. Uh, to get at home. Um, so will Nurse just kind of, by the end of that deal, when there's, 
you know, the cap, as you're saying, is going up and the team maybe is not as strong and, and he might want to go push for Stanley Cup or something like that. Uh, you know, I could see, you know, Nurse being on the, the outs, you, you know, years from now. Um, so will it have to happen? I'm not sure. But just in terms of the circumstantial stuff, I think there's a, a decent chance that it, that it could happen because of the way that things are kind of trending here. Daniel, you're on a great article uh, for The Athletic on Connor McDavid and the assist and the fact that he's he's not scoring, but he's helping them even more. It's like two assists every night. Uh, this is, I mean, I'd say it's getting ridiculous, but it's way past that. You know, every time he does something that I go, okay, well, that's the outer marker. He seems to extend that. Uh, and last night we were talking about him having a really great option to shoot and he passes the Hyman for a, a very nice goal. He does seem to like reinvent himself a little bit. And I, I just, I wonder, you know, how high can he fly? Like how many assists could he get this year? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's on track for 104. Uh, nobody's hit a hundred since, since Gretzky in 91. And why not? Why can't he do that? I mean, like go back a few games ago when he had six against the Red Wings. You know, obviously that that's more of an outlier, but he that's the type of game that he has. That's the type he can he can he can do that. You know, he you know, and and last little while, I mean, he has assists in eight straight games over the last ten games. He's got you know twenty three assists. Um, that's some stuff as I put in the piece that like few guys can only dream about, let alone do. Um, yeah, you're talking about reinventing himself. Like he just finds. Um, you know, if, the, if he's not producing from a goal-scoring perspective, can find ways to do it in, uh, in another part of his game. Um, and it's really benefited his teammates, right? I mean, Zach Hyman is up to 38 goals, and he's played three-quarters of his minutes uh, with Connor McDavid. So we'll, let's put two and two together. How, how's that working? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, Zach Hyman has a career year. Well, McDavid's having a career year from an assist perspective, right? So, um it's funny, like, uh, you know, I did a feature on him heading into the playoffs last year about why and how he became such a good goal scorer. And that was something he really set his mind out to do in the last offseason. Like, he shot lots of pucks. He studied videos of Austin Matthews and how he released the puck. He wanted to be a better scorer. He wanted to be a better scorer from range. Um, and this year, you know, he, he's obviously gone about it another way. I don't think it's been a conscious decision by any means. But he's made his teammates better. You know, he's shooting the puck less. He's he's not scoring as much again from distance. Um, but, you know, he won't score as many points as he did last year. I think that's safe to say at this point. But is he having a better year? Yeah, probably not. But I think it's pretty close. Like, yeah. you know, he's still the best player in the league. You look at all the underlying numbers and all the advanced statistics. Um you know, Austin Matthews uh, might score 70 goals this year, might score more than 70 goals. I'd still take Connor McDavid over him any day on my team. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from The Athletic. Well, I just played a strong game last night, I thought. A couple of mistakes, mm-hmm. but but they, they played well, and the game was in the balance, and they didn't panic, and they didn't push, and they were responsible for, I'll say, 60 minutes. The question is, can they do it consistently? So I put that question to you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, with this team... <laughs> it's hard to know, right? I mean, yeah, what's so remarkable is before during the, you know, the last day, I think everyone knows this, but the last 14 games of that winning streak, you know, they'll have two, two goals or fewer in, in, in each of those games. And, and the first 10 coming out of the break uh, where there were four, five, and one, it was, it was three or more. And, and, you know, granted the first one out was an empty netter in Vegas. That, that was the third goal, but I mean, still um, the defensive kind of um, 
inconsistencies, starting with with Stuart Skinner and that, and and, and going outward, uh, they've been uh, many. So, um, yeah, I I do believe in this team. I do believe in this defensive group. Uh, they have had hiccups, and and I and I think ideally you'd like to get another piece on that blue line. Um, but but I do think they have what it takes to do this a lot more cons- consistently. Uh, we've seen it, right? They've seen it during the winning streak. How well they played. Uh, Defensively and up front as a team too, um, getting a lot more secondary and, and uh, uh, contributions and those further down the lineup as well than they have been um, more recently. So um, yeah, I, I, again, I don't think this team's a finished product. They've got uh, a week and a half to go before the, the deadline, and I do expect at least one, if not two, moves to be made. And, and I and I think this team will only be stronger, and and that should set them um, set them up for for some success down the stretch. Now, the one thing. Um, is this league? It's a tough league, right? And they're going to play either the Kings or the Golden Knights in the first round, and they they have trouble with both of those teams. I know they've beaten the Kings the last two years of the playoffs, uh, going seven and six games respectively. Um, those are tough series, and 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 Vegas, you know, certainly has had their number, um, both in the playoffs and uh, obviously out of the uh, you know to break their winning streak and things of that nature. So. You know they could do have a great year, have great success down the stretch. You know, get home ice even in the first round and still lose, and and obviously that would be a huge, huge disappointment to this team. But it just kind of speaks to um, where this league is at right now, both in terms of parity, but but some pretty high caliber teams that are going to be knocked out of the first round, whether it's the Oilers or the Golden Knights or the Kings. We're coming up against it. Do you have a bat signal for oiler trades this time of year? Like, no matter where you are, you're having a shower, and then all of a sudden there's a roar, you know, like a siren or some kind of noise for you? I wish. It sounds kind of like one of those goal horns that they did, those beer commercials <laughs> or something from a couple of years ago. Uh, I wish I did. If you have one for me, I'd, I'd certainly take it. Uh, but, but no... Um, uh, I even have a sleeping cat here beside me, so he's of no use either. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah you, you'll, you'll figure. You're, you're smarter than I am, um, Al, so I, I know you'll think of something, and, and you'll give it to me. I'm, I'm older than you. That's not smarter, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of the cat, and what color? His name is Dylan. Uh, he's got uh, he's white, black, a little, little bit of brown, too. Uh, he's the most tolerant cat in the world because we have two young kids that like to jump on him and he just sits there and takes it till they're, they're finished. He, 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 uh, he's a great cat. So we're, we're happy to have him. Yeah. Cats are beautiful. There's no doubt. Uh, any rumblings, anything you're hearing, anything that, that people have talked about in terms of what, uh, like where we're headed here. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm actually impressed with, with Chris Knobloch. He's finding roles for Derek Ryan, very important one of the penalty mm-hmm. kill. Uh, it seems like he, the, the players that he has, uh, you know, he's stubborn on Connor Brown, but Brown made a great play last night on the Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal. People want Gagne to play, and he's, he's hanging with his 12. Um, anything that you're hearing or that you're hearing that they need or are really prioritizing or changes in direction? Well, I mean, not in terms of this, this specific lineup, but I think the needs um, are pretty clear on this team. Like, they could use another uh, top nine, and I think even ideally top six guy, and the guy I pegged, uh, in terms of my writing and, and guy I focused on is Jake Gensel. I think he'd be a great add for this team. Now there's one um, kind of dilemma or issue there is, you know, he's obviously a UFA. Ken Holland likes guys with term. I find it really hard to, we've already talked about Evan Bouchard and the contract he's going to command soon. There's, there's Dreisaitl, there's, there's McDavid. 
I have a hard time believing that they're going to be able to offer Jake Gensel anything uh, close to what it would take to to make him want to stay. You know, obviously he's he is an he, uh, I don't want to speak for him or, or you know put any prejudice out there, but I mean he is American too, and it's hard to keep you know Americans in, in Edmonton um, as well, generally speaking. So um, he would be more of a rental. That's a tough one to do. Um, you know, and then on defense, I, I think the one spot where you could really upgrade. Um, again, we talked about Cody CC, and I, I think he's been very you know respectful, good player for this team, considering the circumstances he came in um, under a few years ago, coming in for Adam Larson. Um, that was a tough role to fill. And the first year, especially, he did very well in that role. Um, I think there's a, a, a spot to upgrade there. Uh, the guy that I would look to is Chris Tanev. Um, I, I think he fit this team perfectly. He'd be a really good pa- partner for Darnell Nurse. Again, you know, there's a lot of complications there. Calgary, we know they don't trade very often. They're hated rivals. Uh, he also is a UFA. I think there'd be a little bit, uh, given his age, I don't think the price tag would be as, as high. I think there's uh, the opportunity to um, to offer him a, a contract that would make him think long and hard about staying here for another couple of years. Um, so, yeah, those are the two spots. I mean, you, I think you got to look at the goaltending market a little bit, but I, I'd be more inclined to stand pat than anything else. And, at that, and then at that point, you're looking at kind of your number four probably-ish center and, uh, you know, just a depth defenseman to have in, to safeguard against injuries. I'm talking about a number seven that you could get for the minimum uh, or maybe even less if you get some attention. So I think that's where we're looking at with this team right now. Any updates on Broberg? It's kind of vague. Uh, a couple of weeks is what we heard. Anything there? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty tough hit that he took. Uh, and he had, uh, it sounded like he was in quite a bit of pain. He's in Edmonton. He's getting rehab. Um, you know, last I put out on Twitter, I forget when that was <laughs> last week, um, that he was still two or three weeks away. So say, uh, you know, conservatively it's one to two. So I, I think we're, we're looking at past the deadline for him, but if they did want to or need to include him in any trade, it shouldn't discourage, uh, you know, that from happening or any team from wanting to, um, wanting to take him because he should be back relatively soon. Now, uh, you know, I've talked to Ken Holland, um, you know, and included in the story earlier this month. I mean, this is called Holland's guy, right? Like he's um, not inclined to want to trade to trade this guy. He still thinks very highly of this player's first draft pick as, as well as general manager. Um, I think it would take a lot to uh, pry Broberg from the Oilers. And, um, um, you know, the worst case this year, he is your number seven defenseman. Uh, who, a guy that can play both sides in a pinch. Uh, they're obviously using him or have been using him in Bakersfield on the left side where they want him to feel more comfortable there. Um, but if he does stay around, I, I think there's a real opportunity for him to get into the lineup as a regular next year. Um, and that would probably uh, involve moving on from Brett Kulak, who uh, is a luxury item for this team. You know, he's a guy that you wouldn't want to get rid of at any, any course, but at 275, uh, for a number six defenseman who now is hardly killing penalties. Um, that's a commodity that, uh, in terms of uh, the price tag, that is uh, one that you could probably do without and get Broberg in there for cheaper. So I, I do, if he is going to stay with this team, I do expect uh, him to have a role uh, permanently for, for next season. So has Dylan moved? Nope. He's just chilling here. That's, so, his, that's his jam. <laughs> so your voice, unless you raise it or something like that, is like just pure joy to the the cat because the cat just loves it. Yeah, he and I are he and I go way back, so we're we're buddies. And uh, I guess uh, this one person that can tolerate my voice it's, it's him. So 
Hopefully your, hopefully your listeners can too. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a great week. Uh, all right. You take care. Al. Thanks for 